everyone, welcome back to the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I'm Bobby Sylvester, joined as always by Mike Taglier. If you don't already, you can follow us on Twitter at BobbyFantasyPro and at Mike Taglier NFL Tags. How's it going, man? It's good. It's a really good show. I, I'm looking forward to today's show uh, in a way, and I'm also like terrified in a way, uh, just because the, the guest <laughs> that we have on today might be more sarcastic than you. Like, I, I am not going to be able to tell throughout the entire show if you guys are joking, if you're serious, I have no idea. He's already kind of like in our pre-show little meeting thing. Uh, he's already kind of had Bobby on his edge and Bobby didn't even know he was kidding. So it's just going to be a, it's going to be a free for all today. And I'm going to have to, as he said, I'm going to have to try and be the adult in the room. This is going to be a blast. It's going to be like Denny and I are going to be at the playground. This is the first time we've met and we're going to have so much fun and tags is going to be weighing over his head. It's Denny Carter, head of DraftDayConsultants.com. You can follow him on Twitter at CD Carter 13. Denny, I've really been looking forward to this. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much for, for having me on. And I promise, listen, I am here for truthful, straightforward fantasy football <laughs> takes and and nothing else. I'm 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 not gonna talk about my lifelong uh, fandom of the Raptors and nothing nothing <laughs> nothing like that. All right, guys. So here's what we've got for today's show. We're gonna be doing bounce back candidates. So we're gonna go position by position, running back, wide receiver, quarterback, tight end. Uh, at the end of that, we've got a listener mailbag question as well. Um, but I want to start with some more crowdsourcing that we did. Asked about two thousand people where they thought David Johnson was gonna finish in fantasy scoring among running backs. So I want to ask you guys what you think people said, and then what you think will actually happen. RB one through three, RB four through six, RB seven through nine, or RB ten or worse. Denny, where do you think they showed up? Uh, I'm guessing the third category. Seven, RB7 seven through nine in text. Seven what do you think, nine. Ben? Yeah, I'm going to go with that as well. And I'm also going to say that's exactly where I have him because, as, I, as I've talked about, I'm a logical thinker here. And I think that to put him, I, I think he could go in the four to six category because people are, are are freaking out about Todd Gurley. And I understand some concern about Le'Veon Bell. So I could see him in the four to six category, but I'll say seven to nine. Yeah, I mean, I, I just can't see putting him over. Barkley, McCaffrey, Zeke, or Alvin Kamara. Right. I'm I'm fine with having him five over Melvin Gordon, which I think is pushing it. Dalvin Cook, I've got up there. Le'Veon Bell, James Conner, uh, Todd Gurley's my number ten. A lot of people are pushing him out, but I can't see putting him in that top five. Um, so that's where I've got him right now is number six. And you guys are actually wrong though. Most people have him in that four to six category. It's forty seven percent. Your guys was at thirty percent. Uh, 15% say RB one through three. I mean, I guess he has that upside if they are actually going to run 70 plays, not the 95 or whatever that, that they were talking about and 8% have him at RB 10 or worse. I, it's, I don't think that's happening unless he gets injured because he's going to get the volume, right? Yeah. Volume is everything like David Johnson. We've already seen him do it in the league. And it's like, we don't want to judge him on one bad season, basically under a defensive minded head coach that ran 56 plays per game uh, with Cliff Kingsbury coming in, you know, wanting to run 70 plus pace plays per game. That's going to create a lot of opportunity. And there's really nobody on that depth chart that can compete with him for touches. I, I know that you're a Chase Edmonds guy, Bobby, but uh, uh, he's nowhere close to the talent level of David Johnson. And you know, running that four wide set, it should allow them to, it should clear up the box a little bit where it's like David Johnson's going to be running against some lighter fronts and that's only going to help him. And knowing that he's game script proof because that defense is going to be a lot worse, especially missing Patrick Peterson for the first four weeks. Uh, there's a lot of things that go into it, but uh, yeah, David Johnson, if he's healthy for all 16 games, I could see a top six finish. I want to clarify. I'm not a Chase Edmonds is a talented running back guy. I'm a Chase Edmonds is the direct clear backup behind David Johnson. If Johnson goes down, Edmonds is going to get some work. So that's why I'm a Chase Edmonds guy, kind of. You're a truther. Don't start. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Before we get into the meat of the show, I want to tell you guys, Father's Day's coming up, and we've now got gift cards at fantasypros.com. If you just go to the homepage, at the very top, you'll see gift cards are now available. Go ahead and click on that and tags. Uh, tell them what you can get if you're getting one of these gift cards. Uh, gift cards, you can obviously, you know, help them win their league. <laughs> if you're getting them a yeah. gift card, you can, you know, obviously you, you give it to someone, you can do it as a last place thing. You can say here, we figured you guys needed this to, to win a fantasy <laughs> league. So we're going to give you a gift card to fantasypros.com. It could be a Father's Day gift. Uh, obviously we have Father's Day right around the corner here. It could be a birthday gift, whatever, a graduation gift. We're at the time of the year where there are a lot, there's a lot of these things happening. Uh, but basically we want you guys to have access to all the premium features we offer on the site. Yeah, and you can go to fantasypros.com slash gift card if you want to get that, or you can just go to the homepage again and click on that link at the very top, fantasypros.com slash gift card. Okay, guys, so we're going to jump right into this, and we're starting at the running back position. And what we like to do, Denny, is we just go around in a circle, and we each name a few guys that we like one at a time. So you're going to go first. Who's a running back that you think could bounce back this season? 
Well, just based on volume alone and kind of lack of competition, I, I have to say Leonard Fournette strikes me mm-hmm. as someone who yeah. is, you know, has a very tempting ADP. It's it's right now, it's in uh, the early third round. He's going after uh, Damian Williams, Nick Chubb, Devontae Freeman. I, you know, I'm even if you don't love Fournette, you know, from a production standpoint or, or talent or whatever it may be, I mean... If as long as Nick Foles brings some neutral or positive game script to Jacksonville, I think you know Fournette would be the uh, beneficiary of a of a pretty heavy workload. So where do you have Fournette right now? I I can't squeeze him up above James Conner, Le'Veon Bell, and even Todd Gurley at this point. But I'm all in and having an RB one. Yeah, yeah. I you know I I don't have rankings, uh, but I I definitely would be okay taking him in that range. Um, I I don't think I could take him over Bell. Um, I, I I agree with you there. But I mean, you know, just we know he's going to get uh, a lot of carries near the goal line. We know that um, Jacksonville is probably going to be pretty conservative on offense. You know, so he could just fall into a bunch of production, even if he's not outstanding this year. Yeah, I absolutely believe in in Leonard Fournette, and I'll tell you what: if I knew him and Le'Veon Bell were both going to get 16 games, I'd pick Fournette ahead of him just because the offense is more built around Fournette. Tex, what do you think about that? I would take Bell over Fournette just because I know that Bell is a somewhat game script proofed and you don't have to worry about him being taken off the field in any situation. I mean, it does help that uh, Michael DiRocco from ESPN, uh, he actually came out with uh, an article um, just actually, I think earlier today that states about Leonard Fournette's usage in the pass game and how he is going to be a big part of the pass game. I think it's going to be out of necessity to be fair, uh, is that, you know, you look at the roster, there's really not possession style receivers on that team. They don't have a tight end that can lock down, you know, 80 receptions. They don't have a Zach Ertz or anything like that. They don't even have a Nelson Aguilar on that team. You know, DD Westbrook's a very small guy. I know he's playing the slot, but I just don't see him absorbing those big hits over the middle of the field. The perimeter receivers, they have field stretchers. I just like Leonard Fournette. I, I believe he comes with the, one of the highest floors among running backs. And granted, you do have to. Well, when he plays, he's yeah. got a he's got a serious floor because of the injury issues. Exactly. And you have to factor that into the price. I do understand that because if we knew Leonard Fournette was going to play all 16 games and he was going to be healthy, I think that I would draft him as a top eight running back. But I'm not going to do that because I don't have to. I actually I'm in the middle of an uh, industry mock draft right now, and I got him at the start of the fourth round. I, I couldn't Holy believe cow. it. Uh, but if you're able to get Fournette in the middle of the third round, I consider that stealing because you're getting a guy with RB1 numbers when he's on the field. What was it, like an eight-team, three-quarterback <laughs> league? No, I that same league, I got Kelsey in the middle of the second round. So I Who I, are I, these people? I mean, I'm not going to I'm not going to call out anybody. I'm not going to call out anybody. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I want to say this about Le'Veon Bell, okay? Because I think a lot of people are thinking he's a bounce-back guy. And yeah, he is obviously going to get enough work that he's going to be useful. I don't really see him having that top three running back upside anymore. I mean, he takes a full year off. He's already a little bit older. He has a, a big workload history behind him. And then this Jets offense is just horrid. I mean, their offensive line compared to the Jags is like half as good. It's not great. Um, that's 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 why Fournette, I, I think the upside, I, I wouldn't say that he'll finish top five running backs because I don't think yeah. the offense is going to be good enough. But I I have just actually more concerns about Le'Veon Bell's offense and his offensive line, whereas the Jags have rebuilt the offensive line in Jacksonville and they, yeah. they, they're slowly making it a better one, whereas the Jets... It's ugly out there, man. I, I, There's not much to like about the Jets with Adam Case at the helm. Denny, if James Conner had gone over to the Jets instead of Bell this year, would we be this excited about James Conner, who actually was better as a runner efficiency-wise? Oh, no, no. I, I, I don't think the excitement would be nearly uh, what we saw when, when Bell signed with the Jets. And, and I, think, I think that's partly due to um, maybe Bell's style of play. You sure. Uh, you know, that people... I mean, he is he's an, an extremely impressive uh, on uh, on the field when when he is on the field, whenever that may be. Uh, and uh, uh, and then he has the past production, the the years of production. So that that's a little different. But but yeah, I mean, you, you make a good point. Like, uh, should we have been excited if a guy like Connor had signed? Uh, we know that Adam Gase was not excited. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> You're right about that. Yeah, I think Bell is partially a product of, of Pittsburgh. Now, is he a superstar? Yeah, he was, but um, we'll see how he does with the Jets. I mean, we remember Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley was amazing with the Rams, but when Jeff Fisher was there, Todd Gurley was one of the worst running backs in the uh, NFL. So I think it does make a big difference what team you're on. Tags, we're going to go with you next. Who do you think is a bounce back guy at the running back position? You know, I've talked about him before, and I think Aaron Jones is a guy that I'm ready to latch on to. Uh, you know, like he's a guy that, you know, some people saw this report that he lost weight, but he didn't lose weight. He he he, uh, he added some muscle. He lost body fat. And like the way that it 
that panned out. He weighs the exact same, but he's just in much better shape is essentially what it came down to. I'm not so much worried about that. I, I am happy. It's never a bad thing to see a running back dedicated to taking on a workhorse role, but we've seen Jamal Williams enough. We, we understand what he is as a running back. We understand what he isn't. He's a guy that, you know, he is a good backup because he's a guy that can walk in and you can give 20 touches per game to, and he could withstand those that beating, you know, over the full 16 game season. But Aaron Jones is the more explosive back. He's the guy that you see on a, on a per touch production defenses actually have to worry about. And then when you have Aaron Rodgers back there, the focus is never going to be on that running back. And it's why we saw Eddie Lacy have multiple top six running back finishes. So Aaron Jones is like, you know, I talked about Leonard Fournette. I talked about Le'Veon Bell and the fact that I don't see there is any way with their offenses they play in for them to finish as top five running backs. But I can say that about Aaron Jones. I could see yeah. Aaron Jones as a top three running back if they give him the reins. Like if Dang, Matt man. LaFleur learned when he was in Tennessee last year that I should probably play the best running back, you know, like Derrick Henry, they finally went with him later in the season. And hopefully he learned from that. And he says, we're going to give Aaron Jones the majority of the work and we're going to let him run with it. Because when Aaron Jones like got the starter gig uh, in the middle of last season, there was like a, a, I think it was a six or a seven week stretch where he was a top five running back. So Aaron Jones is like, don't follow the offense. And I think that people making the, who would you guys rather have? Let's have this conversation. Marlon Mack or Aaron Jones, because both of them are tied to good offenses. Obviously the Colts offensive line is better, but I would argue that the Colts talent around Marlon Mack is better uh, than Aaron Jones competition for that starting job. Who are you taking Denny? Uh, I think, I think I'd go, I think I'd lean Jones, but I, I think, you know, sometimes it just doesn't matter how bad the other guy is. As, yeah. as long as the coaches seem committed to <laughs> sharing sure, right. the workload a little bit, that's, I guess that's what matters to us as, you know, as fantasy players. Um, but that, that is, that is a tough call. I would lean Jones. I've got Mac 13. I've got Aaron Jones 15. And I agree with what you're saying about the upside. Like, I think Aaron Jones could outscore Alvin Kamara. I don't think he's as electric as Kamara. I mean, Aaron Jones is one of the most elusive players in football, but who are we kidding? It's Alvin Kamara. The issue, the issue is uh, Aaron Jones could score more touchdowns than that offense. I mean, the Saints are obviously going to have a great offense, but Jones could outscore him in touchdowns, and he's going to get a lot more. He has more upside for volume because I think that Latavius Murray is going to be involved. So I could definitely see him compiling more yards as well. But yeah, I have Mac higher just because of that workload. Um, I mean, we saw him get 25 rushing, uh, 25 carries in three separate games. I could see the Colts using him 350 maybe even 400 touches this year and surprising us all. So I like Max upside a lot more than Aaron Jones. That's fair. And that's why I think it's a conversation to be had. I just don't think Mac yeah, would stay. I don't think he'd hold up for a 350, 400 touch workload. And I think Aaron Jones could potentially. Yeah, yeah that's interesting, man. I like them both a lot. I'm going to yeah. have plenty of shares of both of them. Okay, so here's my guy. And I just mentioned him. It's Latavius Murray. So uh, you guys remember in 2017 when – uh, Alvin Kamara finishes the running back three in fantasy football. Mark Ingram as the running back six in fantasy football. Uh, and then the next year, even though Mark Ingram suspended for four games, they proceeded, everyone proceeded to draft him in the top 50. His ADP was in the top 50, even though he's out the first four games. And he wasn't as good last year. They weren't as good, right? Mm. But in fantasy points per game, they actually had more combined than they had in 2017. What do you guys think about that? I'm a Latavius truther from way back. Yes. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. so I'm uh, I'm in, uh, as the kids say. So uh, Murray's going at the end of the se- seventh and, and early eighth uh, in PPR leagues. I, uh, I'm always uh, end up targeting him in that range because uh, a, I'm, I'm usually going wide receiver heavy to start and, yeah. and B um, I think not only would he be usable when Kamara's in there, but there, then there's the scenario in which, you know, Kamara gets hurt or something happens and Murray becomes instantly, you know, a top tier uh, fantasy right. running back. So the, he has the floor and the upside. I agree with that. So how high do you have him? Because I've got him ridiculously high. Uh, I don't I don't have the ranks. Oh, sure. Yet, OK, yeah. But but uh, how high do you have him? W- like, would you take him over Tariq Cohen, Philip Lindsay, David Montgomery? I would take him over Montgomery. Okay. Um, I've got him over also carry on Johnson and Devonte Freeman as my running back 21 right now. Ooh, baby. That's hot. Yeah. I mean, I, I know a lot of people are going to think it's a hot take, but again, Mark Ingram was drafted in the top 50 picks last year. What's the difference really stepping into the same exact sure. role. And I think Latavius Murray might be a better football player at this stage in his career. So I've got, I'm taking Murray in my top 50 picks if I have to, No, I won't have to, I can wait another round and get him. No, no worries at all. But I do. I think he's a top 50 fantasy player. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. so. Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, you can't go too terribly wrong usually 
uh, by getting running backs attached to high-powered offense that will see a lot of positive game script. Obviously, that's what you have in New Orleans uh, in most years. Now, Tags, you think I'm crazy, right? I think you're a little crazy. I mean, I, I <laughs> like that. That's I mean, that's without this. Just take. want to remind people I beat you left handed. Um, <laughs> what, what was that golf place called? I don't even remember. Cause it didn't matter to me. Much, Anyways, but. Latavius Murray, he's probably going to finish as a top 25 running back. I, I believe that Would I draft him there. I don't know. And I think Denny makes a good point, though. in the fact that, you know, there is always that Camara injury, like that, that the chance that something happens where Camara is removed from the lineup. And then Latavius Murray becomes like the Tim Hightower of a couple of years ago that wins fantasy leagues. Uh, Latavius Murray. He does have standalone value, even with Kamara in the lineup, because they clearly don't want Kamara handling that giant workload. You know, they they signed Latavius Murray, I think it was in the second day of free agency. So they knew that if they weren't going to resign Mark Ingram, they needed to get out there and get a running back that was going to fill that role. So Latavius Murray is a is a really good football player. I think he's been somewhat underrated throughout much of his career. He's a great goal line back too. So he's going to score touchdowns. The issue is like, can I take him over guys like Kenyon Drake that that are that have 20 plus touch potential? I don't think so. Um, it, it, I guess it really depends on how you built your team, right? Because if you built your team where you have a lot of like um, you have a high, a lot of high upside guys, and you're just looking for some stability, I think Latavius will offer more stability. Where it's yeah, like if you're looking for play. an upside play, a guy that could finish as a top ten running back without injury, I think that there's other guys probably in that range. I might go. I over. mean, Ingram did it. Why can't Murray? Why can't they do that again? I mean, they scored 33 fantasy points per game. We did see Adrian Peterson struggle when he went to New Orleans. So I don't want to say that anybody could just walk into that offense and like kind of, you know, perfect it. Yeah. So I don't want to automatically say that, but that's why I'm saying I do believe Murray's probably going to finish as a top 25 running back. I just don't know if I could draft him there. Okay. Hey, Tags, do you do you have another name you want to add before we move on over uh, to wide receiver? I've got one more, too. Yeah, I'll throw out I'll throw out a couple names just uh, because I want to mention both of them. They're both second year players, guys that were expected to perform last year and failed to do that. And one's Rashad Penny uh, from Seattle. I you know, losing Mike Davis is massive. Losing Doug Baldwin is going to free up a lot of targets. You know, Tyler Lockett is not going to absorb all those targets. So Rashad Penny is somebody that they expected to to do well, obviously drafting him at the end of the first round, um, knowing that Chris Carson had another knee procedure done this offseason season is worrisome. I don't know if Chris Carson can withstand the workload that they wanted to give him. So I think Rashad Penny is going to be involved on a, on a team that's going to run the ball 30 plus times per game. So I think he'll have standalone value. He has massive, massive upside if Chris Carson were to go down. Uh, so Rashad Penny is one of those guys. Well, Chris that Carson's can, already down kind of. I'd consider taking Penny over Latavius Murray. That's what I'm saying. I think Penny is a breakout candidate. And I think another yeah. one that I've, I've attached my name to is Ronald Jones. I continually talk to people like like people that know what they're talking about most of the time. That tell me that running backs don't matter. But then when we talk about guys like Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, they obviously do matter. They don't matter as much as NFL teams think they do, but they matter for fantasy. You're looking for a talented running back. But I want to know why those people that are talking that Arby's don't matter. Why aren't you drafting Ronald Jones? Because Ronald Jones is going to play with Bruce Arians, a, 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 a guy that's historically produced running backs. I mean, you look at guys like Andre Ellington. What has Andre Ellington done without Bruce Arians? He hasn't done anything. David Johnson, he looked really bad without Bruce Arians last year. I'm not saying David Johnson's a bad running back, but I'm saying coaching absolutely matters. And Dirk Cutter, nobody was running the ball under Dirk Cutter. Nobody. Doug Martin was cast yeah. off as like a forget about him type of player because he sucked there. Peyton, Peyton Barber, not a great running back, but he's sucked there. Jaquiz Rogers wasn't good there. Charles Sims wasn't good there. There are so many players in that team that have just kind of gone out and people are writing off Ronald Jones, a second round guy that they drafted. That's why the that's why the Bucks didn't go out and get anybody big in free agency. That's why they didn't draft anybody because they have no idea what they have in Ronald Jones. But all we've heard is Bruce Arians continually praise him that he's done well in the offseason workouts and that he's looking forward to him starting on the team. So Ronald Jones can be a bounce back candidate. You might all be like, I guess, well, I guess coaching really does matter. You know, I think you've got the definition wrong. Uh, I'm I'm cool with both these guys, um, but I think bounce back means you bounce back to where you were before. And Ronald Jones was never anywhere. Uh, neither was Rashad Penny, but I, I totally get the sentiment. Yeah, I think bounce back. When I think bounce back, <laughs> I think they had a bad year and they're going to they're going to return back to what people thought they might okay. be or what they were in the past. Yeah, that that's definitely fine. Denny, what do you think about these guys? Rashad Penny, uh, Chris Carson is there and he was awesome last year. I've actually, everyone knows I'm a Chris Carson guy, but I've got Rashad Penny a lot higher than consensus too. Yeah, uh, I see no reason to to fade Penny at his current ADP. I don't know if we're, I mean, we'll probably see that ADP rise in the in the coming months, especially if Chris Carson is nicked up. But right now, I think that it makes a lot of sense. Again, uh, like Mike said earlier, it kind of depends on 
you know, how you structure your, your team. You know, if you yeah. hammered running back early, you know, you come to that part of the draft where Penny's going and, and you don't have much reason, you know, to go in on him uh, in, in, in most cases. But if you are, you know, looking to, uh, you know, bolster your potential at the position because you're a little thin at running back, uh, I think I think Penny makes makes all the sense in the world, and you know I know that the bounce back definition is, is sort of here, there, and everywhere. But I do like, as Mike said, I I like uh, Ronald Jones. I have no problem with with taking him as I don't know, like your where is he going? He's going in the uh, going in the eighth round. You know, he's a guy who could easily be you're just plugged in RB two at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got him at RB thirty five, which is quite a bit higher the consensus and frankly I, I might want to move him up from there uh, i don't have him higher than rashad penny but i like both these guys quite a bit tag i'm glad you brought them up even though they don't expect exactly fit my definition i've got one more name and then we'll move on over to wide receiver this is another backup running back that people have ecr which is expert consensus rankings and, and we've already got a ton of rankings right now if you want to look at them these are experts from all around the industry 54 sets of rankings all combined together to form the consensus of the industry. So you can go to the Fantasy Bros homepage, hover over that NFL drop down and click 2019 rankings, and you'll be able to see it's automatically sorted by ECR. You can sort by ADP right there. Uh, you can pick the experts that you want to see. There's all kinds of great tools on, on that page, but right now they've got my guy as the running back 49, and I think he has top 10 running back upside. I know they're saying Damian Williams is a starter right now, but Carlos Hyde is the better running back. And I'm not going to be surprised at all if he steals the job in the preseason. I'm getting all kinds of shares in best ball right now. And I'll tell you what, if it comes into the preseason and they're still saying that Damian Williams is the starter, okay, I'll admit I lost. But at this point, I think it's about 55-45 with Williams having the upper hand right now. I think there's a there's an argument to be made for both the players, but Damian Williams, like the the, the thing that is driving me nuts is like the, those Damian Williams truthers and the ones that say that he is a starter and that he is the running back you want. Why aren't you drafting him over guys like Joe Mixon? Like, like, give me your, if you're certain he's the starting running back, why is he not a top 10 running? Right. Back? It's because I he's think I think deep down they're worried that he's not going to be able to hold up throughout a whole season. Like this is a guy that has never topped 50 carries in a season. Like he's never had more than 50 carries. So what makes you think that he's going to hold up to that Kareem Hunt workload? I, I'm not so positive he's going to. And there's there's definitely concern built in. I've lowered him down. To, I have him at RB 16. So I'm not like crazy high on him, but I'm 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 factoring in that risk. OK, like so yeah. I'll take him ahead of guys like Sony Michelle or Carrie on Johnson. I know what they are. And I know, you know, the potential of meeting with Damian Williams, whereas Carlos Hyde, the conversation becomes like, who do you want, Bobby? Do you want Carlos Hyde or you want Daryl Henderson? Like, that's like the territory that I would actually say that those two are closer. But ECR says Daryl Henderson is the one that you should have. But yeah, I, I might side with you on that one and say Carlos Hyde. Give me Hyde over Henderson, Miles Sanders, Darius Geis, Miles Rashad Sanders. Penny, Jarek McKinnon. Yeah, Miles Sanders, man. How much do you think he's going to play? He's going to play over Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard's not very good. I mean, yeah, he's going to play over Jordan Howard, but he's going to get 30 touches a game. I'm sorry, 30, touches, <laughs> 30 snaps a game. He has 30 touches. <laughs> sign me up. Uh, well, by the way, the, the Kansas City backfield, I, I think that you're, what you guys are talking about is is reflected in the ADPs of both Hyde uh, and Williams. Uh, you know, I think Hyde would be going in the 12th, 13th, 14th round uh, if there was certainty about uh, you know, Williams role, but instead yeah. Hyde is going at the end of the ninth, beginning of the 10th. Whereas, you know, and then you look at Williams and he's going uh, in the second round. Uh, I think that like, like you were saying, Mike, I think that you would see him going ahead of Mixon if the certainty was there, but, but just that, that lack of certainty, that lack of trust, um, I think is kind of baked into each of their ADPs, which makes, I think makes both of them, you know, kind of reasonable. I, I don't, I don't hate either taking either. of them. Yeah. Agree. Yeah, I'm looking at Damian Williams' college stats, by the way. In 2012, he had 176 carries. 2013, his senior season, 114 carries. So he has not ever been a workhorse, even in college. He, that, that, that's what I'm saying. The, the risk is built in. And that, I think Denny's right in that. I, I have no issue with where he's going. If I get him around RB16, I'll take him there. And then if I can handcuff him with Hyde really cheap, I'll do that too. Because we have a history with Andy Reid. Okay. We don't have a history with Sean McVay necessarily. We have Todd Gurley uh, with Sean McVay. And then CJ Anderson obviously walked in and played really well. But look before CJ Anderson. Like, did Malcolm Brown and John Kelly like rock your pants off where it's like you, you felt like they were an RB1 every single week? No, they didn't. So it's possible that the, that team just goes a little bit past 
pass heavier. Uh, the Rams without, you know, a clear cut running back. I think it would be actually somewhat of a timeshare between Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson, whereas Carlos Hyde would probably walk into a workhorse role under Andy Reid. All right, guys, we're going to go wide receiver here in just a second. I did want to tell you all, however, that we're picking a winner for the Juju Smith-Schuster signed helmet that we're giving away. It's a full-size Steelers helmet. We're going to be picking the winner this Sunday, so make sure to get your entries in at fantasypros.com slash contest. And that contest, of course, comes to us from pristineauction.com, which we've been talking about quite a bit. Um, and, and you know, the reason we can keep doing this contest is because when you guys buy something from them, you tell them fantasy pro sent you. Now we've got a registration code that you can enter in to get $5 off from pristineauction.com. You just, when you sign up at pristineauction.com, that's P R I S T I N E. You enter the promo code fantasy pros. You'll get $5 off. And it tells them that we sent you that way we can keep doing these contests at pristine auction. They've got hundreds of items every day, whether you want to go up to hall of famers, Jerry Rice, or you want to go all the way down and find random guys like Eddie Jackson for the bears. There are so many options out there every single day and everything's guaranteed authentic from only the most trusted sources. Tags are some great values as well. If you want to go get someone who's about to break out like Marlon Mack, you can get his signed helmet for $116. This time next year, it might be worth $250. So I like to kind of shop for those bargains and put my money where my mouth is saying, you know, I'm predicting this guy's going to break out and try to get some values that way. It's the best way to do it. Yeah. Julian Edelman, by the way, if, you, if you're one of the weird people that thinks he's a Hall of Famer, you can go get, I saw his signed mini helmet yesterday, went for $52. So you can add that to your cave. All right, guys, let's go wide receiver. And Denny, you're first. Who are you taking? Well, the guy who jumps out, I think, to everyone, I know that I'm not unique in saying AJ Green is is someone whose ADP I don't really understand in a good way. I mean, I, I, I like that people are taking him as the, I think, the 14th wide receiver off the board in PPR. Um, he's going after Amari Cooper. He's going in the, the middle of the third round, right around where Stefan Diggs is going. You know, I, this is all based on injury fear, and I and I get that. You know, I mean, he he has burned people. I think in what two of the past two out three, of three seasons, yeah, yeah, two, yeah, two of the past three years. Otherwise, he's been, he's been healthy like his entire right. career. <laughs> yeah, and and so if you know, I don't, I don't think we should go into the season saying you know I'm not taking AJ Green because he burned me last year um, or burned me three years ago, whatever it is. Uh, and if he's healthy and upright for 16 games, which I think should be the assumption. Yeah. Uh, then he's going to uh, he's going to get 150 ish targets. He's going to be uh, a, a top 10 receiver as he has been in all of his full seasons. So, you know, that's uh, he, he strikes me as a perfect target for someone who goes, you know, early running back. Say. I would love to get him in the early third round. I'd be jumping out of my seat to mm-hmm. go draft him. Um, you know, everyone's got the top tier the same, uh, it, depending on what order you have them in. Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas, Odell Beckham. Then after that, I think there's another tier. Antonio Brown. I've got A.J. Green number two right there. Amari Cooper, Juju Smith-Schuster, Mike Evans. Maybe you can put T.Y. Hilton in there, but I think A.J. Green absolutely belongs. I mean, you mentioned it. They're worried about the injuries, and both of those were kind of flukes. But if you, I mean, it's not like he's playing any worse, right? Every single season he's played 16 games, he's finished as a top 10 fantasy receiver. And if you prorate his games out last season, he would have done the same thing. 90 receptions, 1,374 yards, 12 touchdowns. I mean, folks, that would have been the sixth best fantasy receiver just in between Julio Jones and Michael Thomas. I'm not going to stop drafting him. Uh, I'm going to draft him in the in the late second if I have to. Now I'd like to get a running back there. But if A.J. Green's there, I'm taking him. If you play in a league that you know people are going to rely on last year or whatever, and the thing is I don't even understand how people are going to say last year was a bad thing for A.J. Green because it wasn't. Like He played in the yeah. slot a lot more, and it was productive, and now he's got a new head coach that is supposed to be offensive-minded, bringing in uh, the playbook from the Rams. So uh, A.J. Green, you guys have mentioned you know he's finished top 10 when he – when he's played the majority of the season and that that's true um but i actually went through and looked at even the games that the seasons that he didn't play the whole season uh in a point from a points per game aspect even if you include those seasons he's never finished worse than the wide receiver 14 so him being drafted as the wide receiver 14 that's essentially him being drafted at his absolute floor in a boring marvin lewis team like that team was one of the most boring offenses in the league aj green i continually say is one of the most underrated actual wide receivers in the game and now it's translated to fantasy someone tweeted at me the other day saying that they really have no idea what's going on with aj green like why everybody moved off of him like what happened that made you hate him so much because aj green is a stud when on the field i have him as the number seven or number eight receiver uh in that right in that territory so 
Obviously, I feel he's worth a second round pick. If I was guaranteed to be able to get him in the third round, I'm going to go RB heavy. I'm going to take two running backs in the first two rounds, maybe even a tight end if I want, because I know that I'm getting a wide receiver one in the third round. I like it. I like that a lot. Danny, good call. Tags, who are you going with? Uh, I had AJ Green down on my list as well. Uh, my other one I have here is Sammy Watkins. Uh, Sammy Watkins was, uh, I, I don't, he's another one that I don't feel like necessarily was a disappointment uh, because, you know, when he was on the field, and healthy last year Watkins was the number 25 receiver in fantasy so it wasn't like terrible especially when Tyreek Hill is doing what he's doing uh but now with Tyreek Hill you know facing a suspension and I know some people are saying well it's not gonna they're waiting for this situation to play out it's similar to Ezekiel Elliott uh if you go back a couple of years ago if you remember Zeke wasn't ever actually convicted of anything uh but the commissioner did actually suspend him for basically the, the negative portrayal of the the football league and he got four games this is around a kid there's a lot of emotions involved I am saying that Tyreek Hill is going to get a minimum four game suspension. I think it it could be six, even if there's not any legal action taken against him, which it seems like a lot of that stuff. You don't think there's any chance it's the full season? I mean, there wasn't legal action taken against Ray Rice, was there? Uh, there well, there was. I mean, there was video of that. <laughs> if there was video of Tyreek Hill, they would have cut him. Uh, but okay, but they yeah, that, and that, they, that's the yeah, difference. And being they haven't cut him yet, of course. That's, that's where I think Tyreek Hill will be on the roster. I just think he's going to be suspended, whereas Sammy Watkins can step up and play that number one role. The defense in Kansas City is brutal. It's awful. If there's one thing you want to hang your hat on as a Patrick Mahomes supporter and a guy that's going to draft him in the third round or wherever you are, um, their defense sucks. It's terrible. And, yeah. you know, if Damian Williams can't hold up to 20 plus carries a game like Kareem Hunt could, uh, we could see, you know, more pass attempts and he might not necessarily need the high touchdown rate. So Sammy Watkins, um, I right now his, his ADP is right around the wide receiver 30. I think some people might wake up and like start moving him up boards as we hear more. I think he's going to go around that wide receiver 20 range. You think he's going to go that late? I, I think that he's going to move up there because I don't think we're going to have, we might not have anything clear when the season starts. It might just be like one of those things where he's suspended yeah. as the year goes on, which is what happened with uh, Zeke. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. I've got Sammy Watkins right now as my wide receiver 16, just behind Diggs, Ooh. Thielen, Cooks, and ahead of Kenny Galladay, Chris Godwin, Robert Woods. Now we'll move that down if it's only a four game suspension. I'm banking on more than that. So I've got a lot of shares right now. Uh, Denny, what do you think about Sammy Watkins? If Tyree kills out, let's say eight games, what is his ceiling? If he's out, if he's out half the season, yeah. um, I get, I mean, you know, Watkins ceiling at that, at, in that scenario is probably, I don't know, top 15. Is that, is that, is that too, too low? Yeah. I, don't I know. mean, I, I just I, don't know what that says about Mahomes. I think that says Mahomes would be like probably the QB five. You know really? what I mean? Yeah. Well, I, I do hesitate with the, with the, the thing about, you know, teams with really bad defenses that, uh, makes me a little bit nervous sometimes that. The defenses basically won't be able to get right, off the yeah. field, you know, and and so yes, like I know what you're saying, Mike. Like we we want offenses that are behind the eight ball that have to step up their pace, that have to pass a lot. We like that, and and I, I do too. But you know, yeah. we, we've seen defenses that are so bad <laughs> in in past seasons that teams just bludgeon them on the field and run, run, run. Eight minute possessions. I mean, what's more deflating as a fantasy owner than watching <laughs> watching your uh, the the defense of your that your quarterback is attached to be on the field for eight yeah. minutes, you know. Yep. You're right. Drives. You know, I'm looking at Watkins last year. He he only played ten games, but he finishes the wide receiver sixty two after Rashad Higgins. Um, so we did see him with Patrick Mahomes for a while, and maybe Watkins just isn't very good. No, he is, he's good. He just the dude has dealt with so many injuries over his career. Like that's why I've lowered my expectations for him. But still, yeah. I still think like well, like I said, when he was on the field and healthy, he was the wide receiver twenty five. Um, I'm rethinking my shares, guys. Yeah, the wide Ugh. receiver sixteen. That's that's ballsy. That's high. How how many targets did he get last year? I, I don't. I don't know that. I mean, he couldn't have gotten that many. No, he will. I mean, yeah. he was. That's the thing is like he. So he played. I think uh, he was actually listed at twelve games, but he actually didn't play a full, fifty-five target. He didn't play a full twelve games. Like he uh, he played in that. Well, he was active. I should say for that Rams game. Yeah. I remember when everybody wanted to play him, and uh, he basically didn't play that game at all. But I think it counted as a as a game played. So mm, it's, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, with fifty-five targets, you know, and he, I just don't know if that's something we can really uh, draw many conclusions from. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Andy's a flat earther, so we kind of have to adjust our <laughs> rankings because of that. And he cost me the uh, the bet. I almost forget about that because I was so mad at Sammy Watkins last year. I mean, I guess he did lead to me breaking a world record and everything, but I don't like losing bets. Well, so. Yeah, that was even the year before when he was uh, healthy for most of it. Yeah, that sucked, man. It was Sammy Watkins face Amari Cooper and they both sucked. Yeah. And then last year we did really well with Christian McCaffrey and, uh, and Joe Mixon. I mean, I blew you out of the water, but, um, you know, we both picked some pretty good guys. So. Yeah, for sure. 
All right, Tags, you're going to like this next one, uh, although you haven't been talking about him much, and I can't understand why because he's on your Bears, and I would be super pumped about a guy who's had 1,400 receiving yards in one season, 14 touchdowns. Before his injury, 151 targets in 2015, 151 targets in 2016, and then last year coming back from the ACL, dealt with a few injuries, just 94 targets. If he gets back up to 140 targets, we would be looking at a wide receiver one, guys. I like Allen Robinson. I really do. Uh, I like him as a player, and he was actually on my list in case I needed someone else, but uh, I, my issue is with the Bears offense. I feel like it's going to be very unpredictable week to week, where I think Allen Robinson can bounce back in terms of like a fantasy, like where he finishes, because he'll be healthy throughout a whole season. Uh, Mitch Trubisky should take another step forward. But the, yeah. the issue is that, you know, Anthony Miller is there and Anthony Miller is really friggin' good at football. Taylor Gabriel saw 93 targets last year. Gabriel obviously has a clear role in this team. Uh, Tra- Trey Burton was was hurt, dinged up a little bit through last year. Uh, Tariq Cohen's going to get targets. They brought in David Montgomery, who's a better pass catcher than Jordan Howard was. They brought in Mike Davis. There is just so many players in this team. Oh, and then, I didn't even mention the GOAT, uh, Corderell Patterson. He's on the team. So, you know, <laughs> we're talking about all these players. It's like they're. I thought you were going to be the grown-up. I, well, I, I mm-hmm. was going to be, but I, I, I realized that there wasn't enough uh, childish behavior going around, so I figured I'd jump in. But I'm just saying that the <laughs> Bears, that's why I'm all over Trubisky as a quarterback, just because I feel like there are st- the value is stupid. He's being drafted around QB 20, um, and there's just so many weapons in this offense that I think it's going to be hard to predict week over week. But if there's someone that we know, if healthy for all 16 games, is going to see 120 targets, it's Allen Robinson. So... Yeah, Yeah. I am with this one for sure. I just don't know about the stability week to week. You know, Allen Robinson, guys, is just 25 years old. Mm. Here's what Antonio Brown did before he was 25 years old. Wide receiver 133, wide receiver 25, wide receiver 39. And then he was 25, wide receiver 8, wide receiver 1, 1, 3, 2, 2. Allen Robinson's still 25 years old, folks. You you know who that sounded like? It sounded like Kevin White, like the start of his career. Um, that's Bobby's. Oh, Kevin White was a lot worse. Oh, than that. get out of here! Kevin White is not my guy. Kevin White. Don't don't be saying anyone's my guy besides Keelan David Cole. Moore. Everyone knows David Moore is my guy. Keelan Cole was Bobby's guy. Kevin White was Bobby. No, I'm just I'm just messing with you, dude. Keelan Cole was my guy until his ADP <laughs> went up like 40 spots, man. I was like, you guys are crazy. Oh, uh, Denny, what do you think about the Bears, man? So I, I see Allen Robinson going in the end of the seventh, right next to Nikhil Harry. Now, I, I do think that it's it's pretty wild that people are taking those guys, that I was seeing those guys as interchangeable from a fantasy standpoint. Um, you know, I I just, I don't get the Harry is crazy. I, maybe his, maybe it's just the fact that we're reading a lot about him right now. I don't, I don't understand like the people should take him in the seventh, but I, lo- I like Robinson in, in the seventh. I, I will say, you know, Will Fuller is going just before him. And I would really struggle to take Robinson over Fuller because I think that that jump in targets that you talked about, Bobby, that's a huge jump. You know, that's, um, you know, going from 90, what, 94, 95 to, to 100. And what what would he need? 130, 140 to be a wide receiver one? Probably. Yeah, I would think so. 130, you know, 140 so, would do the trick. I mean, that was, that's a lot more. A demand of target share or the bears are going to pass it a lot more this year, which, you know, I'm not saying is impossible, but, um, it's just seems unlikely to me. Okay. Tags. I've got him up at wide receiver 18 now ahead of Chris Godwin, Robert Woods, Corey Davis, uh, Mike Williams. Well, that won't surprise people because most people have Mike Williams, like wide receiver 29, but I've got him 22. Um, Denny, did you have another wide receiver you wanted to do? Yeah. I mean, it's ugly and you know, I'm a little embarrassed to talk about him in public, but <laughs> Um, <laughs> I can't wait to hear who it's going to be. But here we go. Here we go. Golden Tate. Okay. All now, right. Sure. He's going to be on what will probably be the worst passing offense in the league, which is a great selling point, I think. Um, <laughs> uh, but we've seen, you know, we've seen him drop into the ninth round here. He's going, I mean, him and Sterling Shepard are going right next to each other. And I think it's because, you know, if you think that Shepard's going to emerge as the number one target getter on that team, then you're taking him. And if you think Tate, is going to be the guy, then you'd go with him at that point. Um, but I wrote a piece for 444.com a couple months ago on um, just the Golden Tate's target share uh, o- over his career and how much he has demanded, how much of that share he has demanded um, since he broke out in Seattle. Now, uh, you know, last year was a disaster after the trade, after he was traded to Philadelphia. But before that, uh, he was seeing, I think, 26, 27% of Detroit's uh, target share 
And yeah. I'm he was on pace for 101 receptions, by the way, 1182 yeah. yards, seven touchdowns. Yeah. And and so now, you know, I, there's a ton of uncertainty. I get it because the Giants, because Eli, because that offensive line, because of everything. So I understand that. But he could be a really cheap source of um, of targets, especially, you know, like in, in, in PPR formats. Yeah, he does it every single year, four straight years before last year of 90 plus receptions. Uh, he had 1300 yards, 800 uh, 1100, uh, 1000, 1000. <laughs> and, uh, and then last year he was on pace to, to do it again. And so maybe now that he's, you know, with the team, you have to learn a playbook mid season. Give me a break. He's going to learn the playbook this season with the giants. And I know Sterling Shepard's there and Sterling Shepard's been the guy whenever Odell Beckham isn't there, but Golden Tate, I think is the better football player. So that's where I'm leaning. Well, my thing with the, with Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard, it's, it's really tough because I want to know how the Giants are going to handle those two because they're both essentially slot receivers for their careers. Um, Golden Tate's aging. Yeah. So I would imagine bringing, bringing him in, they know what he is. Whereas Sterling Shepard, I think they believe he offers more ver- versatility, but Sterling Shepard, a stat I came across. So I've been, I did this article. Uh, it was, I think, two weeks back. It was how much are slot targets worth and which players benefited more from them, which ones hurt, all that. So Sterling Shepard is actually one of the worst wide receivers in the, in the league when it comes to targets on the perimeter. It's almost like a Nelson Aguilar type split where he actually has not scored a single touchdown uh, in his NFL career from the perimeter. So if the, if the Giants are talking about moving him to the perimeter and having Golden Tate in the slot, that's really going to hurt. Uh, they have Corey Coleman as the number three receiver so I think that there's definitely room for all three for both of these players Sterling Shepard and Golden Tate to get targets but the reason that I think Golden Tate might turn out on top especially in like PPR formats is because he has a check down quarterback in Daniel Jones that they drafted and it seems like he may actually start week one they've talked about it um, he was someone that like if he gets in any trouble behind the offensive line he's going to dump it down Eli Manning was doing that with Saquon Barkley last year so some people are telling me that they could line them both up in the slot. Well, the issue is they don't really have four wide receivers that are startable. And if they do that, then Evan Ingram is no longer going to be lining up in the slot either. So there's just a lot of problems with it. I just feel like the Jets, uh, the Giants made a bad signing uh, in terms of Golden Tate because of what Sterling Shepard can and cannot do. Or And because they're not going to get the number one pick. It's going to be the Dolphins or something. It, yeah, it very well could be. No, they're not. They're, they I mean, don't I guess want they the don't need yeah, the number one pick since they, they have, have Daniel, Daniel Jones. Jones. They're not drafting a quarterback for a couple of years. Yeah, you're yeah right. that's, that's, that's happening. But I like Golden Tate. Uh, especially where he's going in drafts, he's falling quite a bit. Yeah, that's a good call. All right, Tags, who are you going with? So this, I mean, I, I'm kind of stuck here because there's I, we talked about a lot of the guys that I really want that I wanted to bring up because it's really tough at wide receiver to find someone that is going to bounce back in terms of like you know if you're getting targets, you're typically going to produce. So you're almost like looking for someone to come back into targets. So. It's really tough for me to find someone in this range. I mean, if I were going to say anybody, I'd probably say someone like Marvin Jones, uh, who people are yeah. undervaluing. I thought you were going to say Jamison Crowder since he's our guy. Uh, I'm, I'm just souring on the Jets offense as a whole. Like, I don't even know what the hell they're doing there. Adam Gase running, you know, 54 plays per game isn't going to work. So it's, <laughs> it's concerning. <laughs> All right. So wait, who's your guy? Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones. I'd mention him. Like I, I, we actually talked about three of the uh, already three of the guys I had. So he was just like a, okay. an emergency ad. But Marvin Jones is just. I mean, he, when he was in the lineup, him and Kenny Galladay weren't not that different. And people are drafting Kenny Galladay as a top sixteen wide receiver right now, and Marvin Jones is falling outside the top thirty six receivers. It kind of makes no sense to Marvin me. Jones was the wide receiver five in twenty seventeen, guys, and then he was hurt last year. Like. Really? Yeah, but that that offense can't support more than one. But do you think receiver. that Kenny Galladay is going to live up to those expectations of like high on wide receiver two? I think they're going to both be. I think that Galladay is going to disappoint from where he's being drafted. And I think Jones, I'm not saying he's going to be sexy, but it's almost like can he deliver wide receiver three value? Yeah, I could, I could see it. Oh, sure. Sure. Where's he he's going? like outside I, the top I mean, 36 receivers? Oh, yeah. OK, that makes yeah. sense. You know, I'm looking at it right now. For, first of all, uh, I actually disagree about them only being able to support one. They did support Golden Tate. Um, and, uh, and Marvin Jones for a while. Um, and if you will look at Marvin Jones, you extrapolate his stats out to a full 16 games last year, he would have finished as the wide receiver 11 guys. So wide receiver five in 2017 on pace to be wide receiver 11 in 2018. I know Kenny Galladay still there, but man, I'm changing my rankings as we're talking. I did not realize. I just that. think the gap's a lot smaller than people think. I, I, I'm not, I'm not one to say that Galladay is sure. the next Calvin Johnson. I, I know Denny, and I'm sorry, don't tell your co-host this, but, <laughs> but uh, Galladay uh, is not no. Calvin Johnson. And no, I know, no, I know, no, JJ it, knows that. The, the baby, uh, the, the he's he's uh, Calvin Johnson, but miniature. There you go, miniature. So that's, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, Jones going there. We we must adjust the ranks. That's for sure. 
All right, guys, here's my next one. And, uh, you know, Tags, we didn't talk about this, but I think we've been putting off talking about this as long as we can, just because the thought of Tyreek Hill coming back bothers us to no end. Like, it's just so stupid. But we also have to give you guys advice and talk about where we will be drafting Tyreek Hill. He will be coming back. At least it seems to be that way. Um, So, Tags, I've got him in here, not really as my bounce back guy, but just as someone who's going to bounce back from this in fantasy in fantasy production. And uh, I just want to know where you guys have him. Denny, um, would you take him in the top nine rounds, assuming, let's say he's out six weeks? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if he's out six weeks, I think it makes sense to take him there. And and you're right. I mean, just getting back to your to your first point, Bobby, I think that it's that you as a fantasy player, you have to compartmentalize sometimes. And this is one of those. They're just numbers to me. And um, it is it is tough. But um, yeah, I mean, that 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 would make sense. He's going in the fifth round right now, by the way. I mean, people are apparently thinking that he's going to face a very short suspension or maybe i mean well if if people knew no suspension then he would be in the second round probably so that's that, that's not the case but uh people seem to be pr- pretty bullish on buying wow. him yeah i didn't realize that i was looking at ecr we've got him 54 experts have him as wide receiver let's see here 91 so <laughs> i had no idea people were drafting him that high i i can't imagine drafting him like even if i want to win my league i don't know man i i just can't do it yeah, I no, mean, I guess a, if he fell gross, around nine, yeah. maybe I'd pull the trigger. But at round five, no way. Yeah, I know. I, know. I was just looking at that in my wide receivers, like where I'd feel like right now, because like I said, I think it's unlikely that we know anything anytime soon or even by the time we draft. So right now, where would I feel comfortable? I think taking him around the wide receiver 35 to 40 range is where I'd feel comfortable. Like I'd probably take him over Robbie Anderson just because Robbie Anderson is someone that I'm not guaranteed to get any production out of. Nikhil Harry is not someone that I'm guaranteed anything out of. Uh, but like then you get above the other guys around him. That's like Larry Fitzgerald, Golden Tate. Do you want consistent like low ceiling production or are you aiming for the ceiling with someone like Tyreek Hill? So that's the area that I would consider him. I would not, however, take him over guys like Calvin Ridley, DJ Moore, Tyler Lockett, Chris Godwin. Like he belongs after those guys for sure. We've got him in the same spot, man. I've got Tyreek Hill at wide receiver 34, just ahead of Tyler Boyd, Sterling Shepard, Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel, and just behind Jarvis Landry, Dante Pettis, Calvin Ridley. So, um, I mean, it sucks, but we do have to talk about it. Now let's move on to quarterback. Who can you see bouncing back? Uh, Denny, you'll go first again. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I'm cheating a little bit, but I <laughs> I, I do have to say that Aaron Rodgers uh, strikes yeah. me. I do have to say that Aaron <laughs> Rodgers uh, strikes me as <laughs> is being valued according to what hap- transpired in 2018, which, as you all know, was a total debacle on every level, organization on an organizational level, on a team level, on a play calling level. That was as bad as it's going to get. And Rodgers finished as a top five fantasy quarterback. Mm-hmm. So um, he's going as quarterback three. I understand that. Uh, so it's not like he's uh, you know going. I think earlier in the season he was going like QB six or seven, which was pretty crazy. But uh, he's going in the fifth round. He's he's going behind Luck and and Mahomes, way way behind Mahomes. And obviously he still has. QB one in his range of outcomes, you know, just yeah. talking about his touchdown percentage from last year. So Rogers posted a 4.2% uh, touchdown rate in 2018. His career rate is 6.2%. And he has posted at least a 5.9% touchdown rate five times over his career. Mm-hmm. So after a down year, looking at his, you know, seasonal production over, over the course of his career, I, um, he's one of the few guys like in best ball that, that I'm very tempted to take in that range, uh, just because I think that you are getting some, somewhat of a discount. His interception rate 0.3, two interceptions all season last year. And tags, how many times do you think Aaron Rodgers threw for more yards than he did last year with one leg? (laughs) Well, he threw the ball a lot more than he threw the ball a lot more than he usually does last year. I think it was over 600 attempts, which is really rare. That doesn't happen under Mike McCarthy. He's like, I have the best quarterback in the world. I'm not going to use him. Yeah. 597 attempts. 
He had 4,442 yards, and he's only bested that once in his career. Sorry I answered before I even gave you a chance to answer. I don't know what that was about, but yeah. whatever. Yeah, and by the way, Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the world right now. Um, don't yep. don't tell me that Patrick Mahomes is better than him based on a 16-game sample. Plus, please, please don't do that. Um, I do I do find it amazing that, that the consensus is that Aaron Rodgers is not good. I don't get it this, at this, all. This is uh, quite, it's incredible, quite man. the jump. I mean, two years ago. Three years ago, he was being discussed as the greatest to ever play. So I, it's a, it's a a fall from grace, I guess. Yeah, I still like Drew Brees a little bit over Patrick Mahomes. Like if I was picking a team for this year, I'd take Drew Brees over Mahomes. Well, you have a bigger sample size. Like I like that. So here's the thing. I mean, you give me Andy Reid with Drew Brees. Guys, I don't know, Sean Payton. Guys, are really we really going to pretend but... that we know Tyler Boyd's going to live up to top twenty-four wide receiver potential? Jarvis Landry. Um, these are guys being drafted in front of Aaron Rodgers, who right now he's guaranteed to give you essentially a QB two or QB one season when healthy. And like mm-hmm. I know last year was QB five. Oh, That's le- that was legitimately the only time in his career where he's played more than ten games and did not finish as the uh, top. He wasn't healthy. Top two quarterback. And exactly, Bobby. He could not run which that's so that's such an underrated portion of Aaron Rodgers game he does run a lot more than you think I mean he's being drafted around Tevin Coleman stop taking guys that you think might produce something and take a guy that you know is guaranteed take your shots later in the draft if Aaron Rodgers falls to me in the sixth round I'm pulling the trigger every single time yeah all right I'm gonna go first just because I don't really have much to say if you want to go back and hear everything I have to say about Kirk Cousins I think it was two episodes ago Jags Um, I'm a really big fan of Kirk Cousins this year I've got him QB 13 uh, which is actually his floor over the last four seasons, I think, five seasons. Anytime that he's been a starter, he's been fantasy football quarterback. And I think he's got bonkers upside as well. Um, so, Tex, who are you going with? Yeah, quarterback is really, really tough um, to kind of come up with someone because typically quarterbacks year over year are really good. I yeah. think it's hard to r- completely write off Matthew Stafford uh, as a quarterback because he was a guy that people threw in the same conversation every single year as a Phillip Rivers, where these guys were continually top 15 quarterbacks now they weren't this and the reason I say it's difficult is Denny knows this as good as anyone uh because him and JJ do a show basically revolving around you know getting those quarterbacks off the waiver wire because there are only legitimately and I'm gonna I'll I'll, I'll show you guys this in research throughout the offseason is that there are only like four or five quarterbacks a year that legitimately like and this is a real statistic on average, there are four to five quarterbacks who will give you QB1 type performances half of the time. That like let that sink in for a second. So if you're thinking about grabbing Cam Newton or or Jared Goff or Matt Ryan, if you think you're being cute by doing something like that, most of the time it it really doesn't work out. And that's why streaming quarterbacks has become so important because the guys yeah. outside the top four or five quarterbacks, they're all streamers essentially. And Matthew Stafford, nobody really realizes this either. Ben Roethlisberger is being drafted as a top 12 quarterback. Matthew Stafford has had a better career in terms of what he's produced on a week-in, week-out basis. Ben Roethlisberger has lost Antonio Brown. Matthew Stafford is getting back a healthy uh, Marvin Jones. They added Damian Andola to fill that Golden Tate route. And I'm not saying it's great, but TJ Hawkinson is definitely an upgrade over what they had last year. So Matthew Stafford is someone that I, I guess I would say that to bounce back where he's actually going to be on your streaming radar this season, whereas, you know, Talking about guys that are further up in the ranks, you're going to actually have to draft those guys with capital. And Aaron Rodgers is one of the only guys that I'm really willing to draft in those first so many rounds because I know he's coming at a massive discount and I know exactly what I'm getting with him. Yeah, Matthew Stafford is one of only five quarterbacks with at least 2,000 fantasy points from 2011 to 2017. That's more than Matt Ryan, Phillip Rivers, Russell Wilson, Big Ben. Um, He's way up there, guys. I'm looking at how many times... Uh, players have reached 20 fantasy points. He's done it 41 times in those last seven years. Again, that's more than a lot of guys on that list. So uh, Matthew Stafford does have some upside. Let's not forget. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird to talk about Stafford as a as a streamer, just because I I remember I'm old enough to remember <laughs> when when Stafford was uh, was an elite fantasy option, and, and now he's like uh, a juiced up Alex Smith. Um, and yeah, you know, in, he's so Stafford uh, has averaged. 274 passing yards per game in in his 141 career starts and and we're we're talking about him as a streamer i think it speaks to the fact that your quarterback really in 10 and 12 team leagues where you only start one quarterback quarterback doesn't matter a whole lot right and and that's what mike was 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 getting at but i i I do i agree that he will be i think he can be very useful as a streamer this year we just need to get him back to 727 pass attempts like 2012 yeah Uh, that, (laughs) that that year 
that year he he had a 2.8% touchdown rate. How, how wild is that? Isn't that amazing? Oh. Yeah. And by the way, Stafford is, he's like borderline. So according to ADP right now, he's borderline QB2. Like he's falling outside the top 20 yeah. quarterbacks. So if you're in a two QB league and you can get Stafford, he has zero, zero fear about being benched like ever. He's not going to be benched. So you can draft him as your QB2 and feel fine about it. Yeah, I like that. Or QB3. That's where I would prefer to have him. Um, you know, you just wait and you grab a few guys. In that. I'd love to have Dak Prescott. Oh, yeah. Kirk Cousins and uh, Matthew Stafford is my three QBs. That would be perfectly fine. Flex. Yep. All right. So let's go to tight end. And uh, I'm just going to say this. We don't all have to have a bounce back tight end um, just because it's tight end. And like, who are you going to pick? So right. does anyone have one they want to share with the class? Oh, well. I mean, can we say Hunter Henry? Is that doable? I mean, like he. he all right. So. You got it, Tags. You got Hunter Henry, the only one. <laughs> I, oh, I had Delaney Walker. That, that's all actually right, a really good sure. one. I should have went with Delaney Walker. That's a really good one. <laughs> All right, Tags, why don't you go first with Hunter Henry? Well, now I feel bad. Um, so Hunter Henry, obviously, you know, when he was playing, uh, you know, for the past couple of years before tearing his ACL, he was playing alongside Antonio Gates, one of the greatest tight ends of all time. He had all the chemistry in the yeah. world with Phillip Rivers. And I think one thing we're, we're when we're all predicting a Mike Williams breakout, and I, I'm one of those people that I like Mike Williams a lot. And I have him ranked as, a, my, I think, my wide receiver 23 right now. So I like him a lot. You know, Tyrell Williams leaving is going to clear out a lot of those targets. Travis Benjamin isn't going to walk into 80 targets. The question is, now that Gates is is out and Gates didn't look very good last year and Hunter Henry's back, how much do how many targets do we lose to Hunter Henry? Because we're expecting somewhat of a breakout from him. Like, would it shock anyone if Hunter Henry finishes ahead of OJ Howard and Eric Ebron to finish as the number four tight end? It would not shock me at all. But the question is, who does that take away from? Um, but Hunter Henry, we all know that Philip Rivers has loved the tight end position. There's a reason that I'm going to bring up a name that we haven't heard in a long time. Ladarius Green. You guys remember that, right? Uh, that never really panned out, but I think Hunter Henry has flashed at times, whereas Ladarius was more just like a great athlete. We were just hoping that he would pan out. But Hunter Henry has shown it on the field before. He obviously has fully recovered from his ACL coming back to play in the playoff game last year. So uh, Hunter Henry would be someone that I would definitely consider you know, a bounce back candidate. You know, Hunter Henry, it wouldn't surprise me if he's the tight end one. It really wouldn't. Sure, I mean, he, sure. that's that's who he's been when he's been on the field. He, if you look at his efficiency numbers per target, I would say Kelsey would have to if you die. look at his efficiency numbers per target. He's right there with Rob Gronkowski touchdown rate right there with Rob Gronkowski catch rate higher than Rob Gronkowski. Hunter Henry has been an absolute star mm -hmm. when he gets the ball thrown his mm -hmm. way. Now, I don't think he's going to I'm not saying he's going to pass Travis Kelsey. It would have to probably be an injury to Kelsey because Kelsey's the number yeah. one for Patrick Mahomes, one of the best quarterbacks in the world. But I'm saying Hunter Henry has all-star upside, and we've already seen it before when he was younger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think actually uh, any of the top six tight ends off the board have tight end one in their in their range of outcomes, including Ingram, Ingram, H Henry, Howard, Kittle, Ertz, obviously, and Kelsey. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. All right, so uh, why don't we move on to Delaney Walker? Yeah, so Walker, I mean, all you have to really do is look at his target totals uh, since he's been in Tennessee. Uh, in 2014, he had 106 targets. In 2015, he had 133. The next season, 102. The next season, 111. So, you know, if he's healthy, and it seems like he's coming along, according to reports out of Tennessee, he is going to fall into these targets. I mean, he, it's 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 going to happen if he's playing 16 games. Uh, I don't think that there's much to worry about. And, you know, he, he's going, I guess, because of last year's injury, uh, he's going really late. You know, he's going in the 12th round of, of redraft leagues right now behind TJ Hawkinson. Right That's now, nuts. Behind TJ Hawkinson. Behind, uh, Hawkinson behind, behind. I find that a little strange, um, but I'm I'm very happy to take Walker there. I, I think he's a perfect target of someone who just totally fades tight end in their draft. Yep. I like that. If you're planning on streaming draft Delaney Walker and he'll be solid if he stays healthy. And I would assume he would be. I mean, why not? He's always been durable. He just had a freak ankle injury last year and ankle injuries are easier to come back from. It's not like, you know, he's 34 years old. He just went under some big knee surgery or something. It's an ankle injury, guys. So four consecutive seasons, 60 catches, 800 yards, showing no signs of slowing down. I think he comes back and he's a tight end one once. Yeah, again. I don't know if it's a coincidence that Marcus Mariota might have had his worst season in the NFL. And I know people blame the arm issues. I don't. Um, I just don't think he's very, very good. And I think he lost his safety blanket in Delaney Walker. And I think that hurt an awful yeah. lot. Now, the, the the concern I have for Walker this year is that, you know, they did draft A.J. Brown. You know, he was 
consensus, you know, a top two receiver in this draft class. Uh, I like him a lot. He did pull a hamstring apparently in practice. Um, you have Corey Davis, who's supposed to be ascending. Uh, they, they did bring in Adam Humphreys. You know, they want to involve Derek Henry more in the passing game, which is a joke. Um, but there, there's just all of a sudden there's a lot of mouths to feed there where before it really wasn't that way uh, with Taewon Taylor and Tajay Sharp as the receivers alongside. Um, yeah. So that's my only concern with him. But I definitely I have a lot of Walker in best ball. And I just think he presents stability. I don't think you're going to get massive upside with him. But if you're looking for someone with a floor, I think that he's got it. I think he comes with a I think he will finish as a top 12 tight end. He might not be sexy. He doesn't offer you top, you know, top three tight end upside. He doesn't. Um, but that's not what you're drafting him for. You're doing it for stability. And Bobby, I don't if you didn't have anybody, I, 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 I've got four names. OK, nope. are you going to mention Jimmy Graham? Uh, you, I mean, you can mention. I mean, Jimmy he Brown. finished the top he's, twelve he's tight end last year while catching just two touchdown passes from Aaron Rodgers, who we already talked about had a career low touchdown percentage. So if those touchdown yeah. percentage if that goes up and, and Rodgers throws forty touchdowns, like he probably should, uh, Jimmy Graham is going to score a lot more. It's his second year with Rodgers. We know Rodgers is a timing based quarterback. Uh, they've developed chemistry. Graham played with a broken thumb throughout the like the last six weeks of the season. So there's a lot of things that went into that. I'm not a huge Jimmy Graham truther. I'm really not. I was so down on him last year, but knowing that you can get him out the top 12 tight ends is kind of crazy all right here's uh, my remaining three don't forget about jordan reed i think he still has some upside kyle rudolph actually caught more passes for more yards than he did in 2017 the only difference was touchdown rate and then here's my number one it's jack doyle i mean you may believe eric ebron stole the job from doyle last season but when doyle came back from injury for four games he played 196 snaps Ebron played 112, so let's not rule out the possibility that Doyle is still the one to own in Indianapolis. Maybe they bump Ebron outside. Maybe they're both on the field a lot. I think Doyle has top five fantasy potential, guys. Oh my god, you're 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 putting the Ebron truthers in, uh, into a coma right now. With uh, this, have you met any Ebron Doyle. truthers? Because I know they're out oh, there, yeah. but they're oh, not showing sure. their face. <laughs> no, 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 no. Wait, they're... are you one of them? Because I'll feel really bad. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> But but I, I I will say that they they are showing their face more than ever because their guy finally came through and 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 yeah. now he, and now he's not eating donuts you know <laughs> so he's not eating donuts anymore he's not eating sweets and so it's now he's in shape so now he won't have to um you know limp off the field after every play like he did last year you know <laughs> man I I'm. I was so excited about Eric Ebron that I got him in a bunch of best ball drafts and the tags was like. Dude, Jack Doyle's a starter, and so I changed my rankings, and then what do you know? Eric Ebron don't, blows don't, up. Don't bring so. that back up. I, Tags, I did I say you. that I was remaining fluid with the situation because if he walked, if sure, he had he the Ertz role, that I would have sided with Ebron uh, if, with their current ADP. But to be fair, though, Doyle, like this was something I, I, I brought up when I started talking about guys that could bounce back in this, this year is that Jack Doyle went on the field together between those two. Doyle outsnapped him. He out-targeted him. He had more yards. But the thing with the touchdowns just totally outweighed everything. And that's what people look at, you know, with tight ends. And it's not to say it's wrong because tight ends are obviously very important, but they're also very volatile. Yeah. So that could easily swing Doyle's way. Uh, and you could be right. Bobby's kind of flip-flopping because last year he was like, you know, I want Ebron over Doyle with their price. And now it's like the prices have flip-flopped and Doyle might be the better value the real takeaway here is tag sabotage my accuracy ranking <laughs> i think i think that that is the takeaway but <laughs> but you know it's funny to hear people say well you know ebron did so so well for me last year he was the anchor of my team uh but you got him in the 14th round you know i mean now you have to spend real draft capital on yeah. him, and uh and so it it should change the the thinking just a bit you're banking on those touchdowns when they just went out mm -hmm. and got themselves a, a red zone guy. So we'll see what happens. Um, guys, before we we get out of the show, I did say I have a one mailbag question. And dang, man, I forget who it was that asked this on Twitter. It was a great question, though. They want to know what the best way to decide draft order is. Do you just do the normal snake where somebody gets really lucky and gets the number one pick? Or do you guys have a different idea? What do you think, Denny? Uh, well, I know people have like competitions to to um, to pick draft order. Now, That's fine. I, I I sometimes think that just depending on the players available, I mean, the, in the type of year that it's shaping up to be, um, if I won a competition, uh, I would not necessarily pick the. I would not necessarily slot myself in as the first overall pick. You know, I I might want to want to get those two. Um, you know, at the turn. You know, at the of the first and second round. But uh, I think I think competing for it is a uh, is a good way to go. I think that it might kind of take the luck out of the draw a little bit. I like that. And if you look on YouTube, there's all kinds of really cool ideas out there for those competitions. If I had the first choice of what pick I would get, I wouldn't go with number one this year. I'd go number three and take whoever's left out of Barkley, McCaffrey, Elliott. Yeah. 
What do you think, sense. Tags? I like two. Just I mean, I like two just because I, I I'm fine with Barkley or Elliott. I don't want to take McCaffrey and um with one of the first two picks. So he, he I mean, he's not like a terror. I have him at number four. I'd take Camaro over McCaffrey to be to be honest. Wow. Um, but here I feel another bet looming. But here's the thing. Yeah, we could do that. Um, but look. So what you should do is like when you if you have a chance to choose, look at your draft board and find the guys that you feel like are cannot miss studs that you have in your rankings and like mm-hmm. go down to the end of that tier. It might be 22 players. It might be 24. I don't know what it is. But if you feel like it's 24, 25 players, then it's like I absolutely 100 percent want the first pick because then I, I'm locked into those top 25. No matter who goes off the board, I am locked in to get three studs on my team. Can't miss players where it's like some people might say I only have 18 guys on my board that I feel like are like just absolute studs that I can't, I can't miss on. And if that's the case, then yeah. you might want to look at saying I'm going to I'm going to go towards the middle of the draft the reason that I personally like around pick six or seven I like that area because I can see trends before they're before they get too far away from me and it's not really I like that it's not it's not necessary it's not necessary in like a one quarterback league but in two quarterback leagues it's like absolutely necessary where it's like you don't want to reach for a quarterback you, you don't want to overpay for them but you also don't want to be stuck you know starting some guys like Case Keenum that that's the that's the worst thing you want to do I don't want to do that um so that's the reason I like the middle a little bit but if like you know just totally regular I'd probably take the number 2 pick Okay. And you know what we do in one of our home leagues, one of my most important leagues, and nobody wants to be screwed and get a pick that they don't want. And so what we do is we reverse the draft order after the first round. So whatever the first round is, after that, it just becomes... Um, I've seen the third round reversal. I've never seen the first yeah. to second, though. So so here's what we do. We play in Yahoo Sports, and you can go in there and custom edit the draft order. And so who, whatever pick you have in the first round, the rest of the draft, every single round is the reverse of that. So if you have the 12th pick in the first round, you're picking first in the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, because oh. having that first overall pick over time has helped so much, and uh, that seems to balance out the teams quite a bit. That's... I I mean, Denny, would you agree with me that I would take the twelve third? I would take the twelfth pick because then you're getting the first pick in every round after that. Yeah, no, that, I think that's the way to go yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I, I don't I don't. Man, I mean, that's... Barkley's VBD is probably going to be double of what the twelfth pick is. Right, but then everybody else you get is going to be like uh, like a full tier below because you're going to be at the end of every yeah, round. Yeah, and a full tier below in round two is like 30 points. And a full tier in, in round three is like 15 points. And round four is like eight I'm going to do a draft with In round one, we're talking about 120-point difference. If you can correctly guess the players, though. That's the thing. Yep. Um, obviously, the best answer to this is just do an auction league. Auctions are boss. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right, guys. That's all for today's show. Denny, I had a lot of fun chatting with you and uh, looking forward to talking to you again. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, guys. It was our pleasure. And Denny's on Twitter at CDCarter13. I'm at Bobby Finishy Pro, and Mike's at Mike Taglier NFL. Thanks to the sponsor of today's show, pristineauction.com, P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E. And make sure to get your entry in for that Juju Smith-Schuster signed helmet at fantasypros.com slash contest. We're picking our winner on Sunday. And also make sure to get your dad a Fantasy Pros gift card at fantasypros.com slash gift card. For Denny Carter and Mike Taglier, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening. And enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me dissolve.